Welcome to the Southcrest Live podcast. If this is your first time to listen, please connect with us at www.southcrest.org for more information. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. We've been looking through 2 Peter, and uh, I told you last week we're going to take a break and pick that back up uh, first Sunday in January, and then today we're going to talk on the subject of gratitude. So if you have your Bibles, open them to Luke chapter 17, the Gospel of Luke chapter 17. This is a familiar, familiar passage to most of you because you learned a lot of it in Sunday school or Bible school. My microphone fell off about the time I was walking up here, and it jerked everything. My ears are only big enough to hold so much, you know. (laughs) Would you stand while I read God's Word? Verse 11, now it happened as he went to Jerusalem, that is Jesus, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee, and then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray today you'll make us well. Help us to be grateful. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If each of us were asked to make a list of the things we're thankful for, they would all be different. One Sunday school teacher asked her class of children to make a list of what they were thankful for, and one little boy by the name of Johnny made a list, and at the top of his list, it said, I'm thankful for my glasses. Well, the teacher thought, well, that's unusual for a child to say that because most people resent having to wear them. I mean, I know I don't, that's not my favorite thing to do either because they're always dirty for one thing. But she thought, well, this must be mature of this young man to think that he's thankful for his glasses. So she asked him after class, Johnny, I noticed you're thankful for your glasses. Is there any special reason? He said, yes, ma'am. My glasses keep the boys from hitting me and the girls from kissing me. I also heard of a couple of guys who were taking a shortcut across a pasture, and there was an enraged bull that saw them and started charging. Well, these guys started running, and it was evident that the bull was going to win. They were not going to get to the fence before the bull did. And so one of them said to the other one, listen, you need to pray for us. You need to lift up a prayer. We're about to get it. And this other guy said, well, I never do pray in public. I don't know what to say. And the other one said, well, you need to pray something because we're about to get it. 
He said, all right, I'll pray the only prayer I know that I heard my father used to repeat at the table. Oh, Lord, for what we're about to receive, let us truly be thankful. (laughs) If you can be content with what you've received, if you can't be content with what you've received, then today you can be thankful for what you have escaped. You have no idea what God's kept from happening to you. And so you can be grateful for the things that have not happened to you. Jesus was traveling from to Jerusalem, and he went through Samaria, and the Jews and the Samaritans did not get along. And, in fact, they hated one another. But Jesus made a point to go through Samaria, and when he did... From afar off, it says, the scripture said there were 10 men from afar off, and there's a reason for that. It was the law. If you had leprosy, you had to stand off. You had to stay away. It was so contagious that you had to cry out, we're unclean, stay away from us, we're unclean. So you've got 10 men at a great distance from Jesus that said they lifted up their voice, so they shouted to him, master, which is a word of authority, master, have mercy upon us. And it was another way of saying, we know you have the capacity to make us well. And so Jesus gave them a command. He said, go show yourself to the priests. Interesting. Instead of saying, be made well or you're now healed, he said, go show yourself to the priest, which in itself was an act of faith. Because anytime anyone had leprosy and they had been made well or they thought they were well, they had to go to the priest. He would examine them and just see if they were truly healed and they could be allowed back into society so they wouldn't infect anyone else. And so by saying, go show yourself to the priest, he was basically saying, you're going to be made well. And the scripture says that as they went to the priest, they were healed. One man... A Samaritan noticed that he was healed, and he stopped, and he came back, threw himself on the ground before Jesus, and thanked him for what he had done. Now, there are several truths here today that I want you to notice, and the first one would be, I guess, the most common response, which would be ingratitude. Jesus was even mentioning that there were 10 people that were made well. We live today in an ungrateful society. We really do. I mean, people today don't thank anybody anymore. Even in common courtesies, you just don't see it. We, We have a lot of people today who just don't think about being grateful Even some of you today came in here thinking, well, I don't have a lot to be thankful for. All I can think about are my problems. Well, two things about this I want you to notice. First, the ungrateful majority. It's nothing new that the majority of humanity will basically cry out to God when they need something. God, help me in this situation. I need your help. You need to rescue me. If you don't show up, I don't know what I'm going to do. And so it's not uncommon during times of crisis in our life. We call out to God, please help me. But in times of of, of plenty, the, time, the good times, when you're not in need at the moment, We have a tendency to forget, don't we? No time for God when things are going well. It's amazing that God doesn't give up on us because we're so fickle. 
Well, only one of the ten returned, and it was also significant that he was a Samaritan because there was so much racial tension between the Jews and the Samaritans. And though he was really outside the household of faith and on a human level, had very few reasons to thank a Jewish man for healing him, this man came back and was very grateful. And there's something I want you to notice here. You have reason. Let me put it this way. There's no excuse. There's absolutely no excuse to be ungrateful. Now, you can use a lot of them. Well, you know that person. But the point is, no one has an acceptable excuse to be ungrateful. Everyone can make a choice to do that. Ten actions were received here. Ten men were healed. Ten choices were made. One of them came back and said, thank you. You know what? Ten bodies were healed, but there was only one heart that was healed. In verse 19, when he said, you have been made well, it's not talking about his physical body. He's talking about the peace and the heart that was changed. You have been made right. Your faith, your faith has made you well with God. So there's something deeper here than just being healed of the physical infirmity of leprosy. Our ingratitude comes from taking things for granted. We're good at taking things for granted. You take your health for granted until you get sick. You take your friends for granted until they're gone, your family for granted until it breaks apart. You take your salvation for granted. Some of you have been saved, been Christians for so long, you've forgotten what it was like to be lost. You have also forgotten that you're one of the few people of the billions on earth that heard the gospel and responded to the gospel and that you had parents or teachers or friends or somebody that told you about Jesus. You've forgotten all of that. You just take for granted that... You know, the Lord's pretty lucky to have you on his side. We take our salvation for granted. Did you know that thank, thanklessness, ungratitude, ingratitude, being ungrateful, it is a sign of rebellion. Amen, Listen to the scripture in Romans chapter 1. Verse 18 and following says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who suppress the truth in unrighteousness, because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because, listen to this, although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts and in their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Even though they knew God. You see, at the root of mankind's rejection of God is an unwillingness to be thankful even those who don't believe and who look at the universe and say there is no God, they're basically saying, 
I did all of this. There's no one else responsible. I'm the person I am. Any person with basic objectivity knows. Any person with any objectivity knows this universe did not just happen. That's equivalent to throwing a stick of dynamite in a print shop and thinking the Declaration of Independence will come out. (laughs) Chaos. Order does not come out of chaos. And yet, people who say, I don't want to believe in God, part of it is ingratitude. We're not very good at saying thank you. I read about a little boy who, on returning from a birthday party, his mom said, did you thank the lady for the party? He said, well, I was going to, but the girl ahead of me said thank you, and the lady told her not to mention it, so I didn't. Some have offered reasons why these other nine lepers did not return. Um, These are suggested reasons. One waited to see the cure was real. One wanted to see if it would last. One said he would see Jesus later. One decided he'd never had leprosy. One said he had gotten well anyway. One gave the glory to the priest. One said, oh, well, Jesus didn't really do anything. One said just any rabbi could have done it. One said, I was already much improved Only a small fraction of the human population ever thanks God for his grace. An ungrateful majority then led to an unhappy master. You'll notice verse 17, Jesus expresses disappointment. He said, weren't there 10? Weren't there 10 men healed? Where are the other nine? Just this one based on social injustices he had received, had many excuses for not coming and saying thanks. If he could overcome all of that to express sincere gratitude, how come others walk away? Let me ask you something, folks. Why is it that we're so ungrateful? One man used to grumble at the food his wife placed before him at mealtime, and then he would ask the blessing. And this went on over and over and over. And finally, one, of his, one day, his little girl said, Daddy, does God hear us when we pray? And he said, well, of course he does. He hears every time we pray. Well, does he hear every word that we say the rest of the time? Yeah, he hears every word. And he was encouraged, thinking he might have inspired his daughter to be curious about spiritual matters. But then she burst his bubble when she said, well, then which does God believe? You're grumbling or you're praying? It's interesting, isn't it? (laughs) One lady came up to her pastor and thanked him for the encouraging sermon. In response, he said, well, don't thank me, thank the Lord. And she said, well, I thought of that, but it wasn't that good. (laughs) Ingratitude is the majority response today. It's amazing how many people will not say thank you anymore. It's amazing. I mean, you can hold the door for people going into a store. It's like you're a doorstop stuck under the door. They don't even know you're human. They walk by you. It's not that you're holding it open to be safe. You're, being, you're holding it open to be polite. People are not even that anymore in general. There are still some that are. But isn't it incredible how we just run by everything? We never stop and say thank you. 
Well, let's look at the next truth. It's what I call gratitude. It's an uncommon reply. One man came praising God. Notice his attitude. The word well in verse 19 have already said, your faith has made you well because of your gratefulness, because of your thankfulness. You have been made well in a much deeper way than those guys who went to show themselves to the priests. There's much more to your life than just being physically made well. And only when we begin to acknowledge God as the gracious provider of all our blessings will we ever begin to have a deeper appreciation and happiness and joy in life. We take for granted our life and our breath and our food and our shelter. We begin to comprehend what God has done. What I want you to understand is that faith, your faith in God grows in the soil of thankfulness. Now, a couple of things about gratitude. First of all, thankfulness is a choice. You don't come by it naturally. In fact, naturally, you come into this world, you're the most selfish creature on earth. All you can think about yourself. Your parents, they do everything for you. And all you can think about was, give me, give me, give me. And you don't stop and say thank you. You have to be taught to say thank you, don't you? I can remember my parents saying, now, what do you say? Thank you. Well, somehow, without the Lord in our life, we become even more thankless. And even with the Lord in our life, we begin to take it for granted. We become thankless. Listen to what Psalm 107. I I listed a lot of verses, but these verses are repeated. What's interesting about this Psalm is you see some different circumstances of life. And then in in the middle of those circumstances, it always says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And then verse 15, verse verse 8, 15, 21, and 31 of Psalm 107 says, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. It's full of life situations. And yet in the middle of all those situations, it says, Give thanks to God. We'd rather complain. It doesn't say, oh, that men could give thanks to the Lord. It said, oh, that men would. You have the capacity to be grateful if you choose to be. It's up to you. It's a choice. No one else can make you be grateful. There's plenty to focus on at this coming Thanksgiving season. If nothing else, you should be grateful that only God and you know everything about you. Aren't you glad no one else knows everything about you? (laughs) Mrs. Gehrig used to give generous Christmas presents to her several grandchildren, but her kids, her grandkids never sent thank you notes despite the urging of their father and mother. But one year things changed. Grandma sent a generous check to each grandchild. The very next day, every one of her grandchildren came to her house to thank her. She was telling this to a friend of hers, and her friend said, well, what made the difference? How wonderful. What do you think caused them to become so polite? And Grandma said, it was easy. This year, I didn't sign the checks. (laughs) You can make it happen. Oh, that men would good. It's a life-changing decision. Tells us that something radical is changing. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord. 
even secular magazines. Mind and Body, for example, recently published an article that said 20 ways to feel calmer, happier, and healthier. And the number one reason of that 20 was to be thankful for all the good in life. Gratitude, it changes your life. Gratitude is also more than conversation. It's more than just saying something. You see, a lot of times, if you look up gratitude in the Oxford Dictionary, it says to show that a kindness received is valued. But a lot of times we just say thank you as an obligation. But real gratitude is more than just speaking it. It really comes from the heart. Sometimes we can say thank you and not really mean it. Little Johnny walked six blocks to his aunt's house to say, thank you very much for the present you sent me. And she gushed, aunt gushed and said, you shouldn't have done that. It didn't amount to anything. And Johnny said, yeah, that's what I thought too. But mother made me come over and say, thank you anyway. (laughs) Well, a lot of times we kind of give lip service to it. But when you arrived at church today, when you came to church today and you got out of the car and you were walking into the building What were your thoughts? You don't have to tell me. Some of you are thinking, I hope somebody's not in my seat. Some of you are thinking, I wonder what the pastor's going to preach on. I wonder who's singing today. I wonder if they're going to keep my attention. Here, once again, we become very self-centered, thankless. Instead of coming in and saying, God, I am so grateful that I have a place to go where some of those people are going to know me, especially those in my Sunday school class are going to know me. I'm so thankful I have a place that I can freely come. I'm so grateful that I have the ability to come and I can come and worship you. And I know that people are going to lift up Jesus and we're going to honor you. I'm so grateful. Thank you for the life that I have to serve. Thank you for the breath that I can use to praise you. Thank you for the health and strength to be here. But somehow we make the choice to turn from all that we've received and focus on what we still want to have. And we focus on the negative. Instead of the glass being half full, it's always half empty. There are three levels of gratitude. First of all is a surface gratitude, and I've sort of alluded to that, but listen to Hebrews 13, 15. Thereby, excuse me, therefore, by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Thankful in the most basic sense. Thank you, God. There, I said it. Thank you. Thank you for this. Thank you you did that. I said it. My obligation's been met. I recognize your involvement. Now, that's, that's something. At least I said thank you. Surface gratitude. We do that a lot. And, and a lot of times, it's, it's, that's all it is, is surface. I, I, I read of a man who was, was in the post office, and an older gentleman walked up to him and said, Sir, would you help me address this postcard? It's hard for me to hold a pen. And the man said, Sure, I'd be glad to. So he addressed the postcard. And then the older gentleman said, would you mind writing a message if I tell you what to write? And the man said, sure, be glad to do that. And he wrote it and got it all finished and even signed his name for him. And then he asked the older gentleman, he said, sir, is there anything else I can do for you? And the man said, well, yeah, put a PS on there. Okay. What do you want it to say? Please excuse the sloppy handwriting. (laughs) Wasn't really grateful, was he? You ever gotten one of those, um, 
how should I say this kindly? <laughs> Bulk thank you notes. You can tell they didn't write it. You ever gotten one of those? They, that blesses your heart, don't it? One couple got invited to a wedding to the son of a friend. They didn't really know the son and the daughter, so they didn't really know what to give. They said, well, we're going to give them, this is a true story. This is a true story. We're going to give them something very practical, so they gave them a fire extinguisher. Well, several weeks later, they got a thank you note, and apparently they mass-produced the thank you note because it said, thank you very much for the nice wedding gift. We look forward to using it soon. <laughs> surface. It's all surface. And there's a difference. If you have nothing to be thankful for, you need to make up your mind. There's something wrong with you. I want you to know, you, if you wonder if there's something wrong with you, yeah. If you can't find something to be thankful for, there's something wrong with you. You have a very poor memory for one thing. The second level is sincere gratitude. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In everything give thanks. Hmm. That's a little harder, isn't it? We make that decision. We can look away from what's wrong and focus on what's right and give thanks. In every situation, I can give thanks. Really? A few years ago in a Peanuts cartoon, Charlie Brown came out with Snoopy's dinner. Snoopy's the dog. Came out with Snoopy's dinner on Thanksgiving Day, and it was dog food. And you see Snoopy thinking, this isn't fair. The rest of the world's eating turkey with all the trimmings, and all I get is dog food. Because I'm a dog, all I get is dog food. He stood there, started, stared at his dog food for a moment, and then the thought came out and said, I guess it could be worse. I could be a turkey. <laughs> What's wrong with that thought? Gratitude shouldn't come from comparison. All we have to do is, well, you know, at least I'm not her or him. At least I'm not in that situation. That's not real gratitude, comparing yourself to someone else. Real gratitude comes from your heart that is thankful for what you have, what God has given you and everything. God, I know that you're with me. I know that you know my name. I know that you've saved me. I know where I'm going when I die. I, I know that you've given me peace. And Lord, even though I may, not, I may be better off than the turkey, that's not why I'm thankful. I'm thankful for what you've given me instead of comparing myself with everyone else. And if you really want joy, you go to level three, which is steadfast gratitude. Ephesians 5, 18 and verse 20 says, and do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this is the thankfulness that trusts God regardless. This is the Mount Everest of thankfulness. Thank you, God, 
This is the thing that you're using in my life to keep me close to you. Thank you, God, that even in the midst of difficult circumstances, even in the midst of horrible times going on in my life, you know my name. You are here with me. You have not left me. You have not forsaken me. Thank you, God, that I know who you are and that I've trusted you with my life and that even if I die, I'm going to come home to be with you. Thank you, God, that no matter what, you're helping me during this time. Steadfast, no matter what's going on in your life. I want to tell you, this doesn't come naturally. Only through the power of the Holy Spirit can you be grateful at all times. And so that leads me to the last truth I want you to see, and that is that gratefulness really is a life-changing routine. The Samaritan came and laid at Jesus' feet. Jesus told him, you get up and you go your way. Because you've been made well in your heart also. Your faith has made you well. You see, in those days, if, if you were a slave and someone purchased you or bought you or bought your freedom and freed you, a slave would go lay at the feet of the person that freed them and offer any kind of service as in gratitude for that. And so this man came and laid at the feet of Jesus. And he said, I give glory to God and thank you for what you've done. You have freed me from my leprosy. And Jesus said, well, you've been freed from much more than that because your faith has made you well. And the word well there is not just the physical, but it's interesting. Even today, Bible translators will tell you that the Maasai tribe in West Africa have an unusual way of saying, I thank you. They literally say, my head is in the dirt. And their way of saying is when they express it to you, they come and lay their head in the dirt. They literally put their forehead down on the ground. They want to acknowledge gratitude with humility. Another tribe in Africa expresses gratitude by saying, I sit on the ground before you. And many times they will go sit in front of the hut of the, of the person that they want to express gratitude toward and, and as a way of showing, I am so thankful and I am so grateful to God. When you learn to be thankful to God, it changes your life. Now, I know that, that Jesus comes into our life and the Holy Spirit lives in us, but when we learn to live with gratitude, everything changes. Lord, thank you for the day. Thank you for my life. Thank you for the blessings you've given me. Yeah, I've got some aches and pains. Yeah, I've got some bills to pay. Yeah, there's some people that don't like me. Yeah, I've got trouble. Yeah, I'm tired. Yeah, 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 yeah. But God, thank you for my life. Thank you for what you've given me. You see, it changes everything. Are you a grateful person? I wonder about during this week when it's supposedly Thanksgiving, the people who don't acknowledge God, what do they do? I like what Cornelius Platinga said. It must be an odd feeling to be thankful to nobody in particular. 
Christians in public institutions often see this odd thing happening on Thanksgiving Day. Everyone in the institution seems to be thankful in general. He said it's very strange. It's like being married in general. No, when you're married, you're committed to someone. When you're grateful, you're grateful to someone. You're not just grateful in general. Are you counting your blessings? Do you know the joy that comes with gratitude? How often do you go out of your way to recognize with gratitude somebody else who's blessed you? A parent, a neighbor, a friend, a teacher, a coworker. When thankfulness is a part of the discipline of your life, you're going to see joy and happiness increased. You know any grumblers? Listen, I've had my share of introduction to grumblers. I've pastored different churches, and, and there's always somebody who's grumbling, always a grouch. You ever know any? Aren't they a, aren't they a joy to be around? <laughs> I've never said this, but I've wanted to. It was Thanksgiving Day, and the town grouch was grumbling as usual. And the neighbor said, don't you have anything to be thankful for? And the grouch said, nope. Here's what I'd love to have said. Well, have you considered thanking God for turning your nose right side up? He could have put it on upside down. And then when it rained, you would have drowned. And when you sneezed, you'd have blown your thankless head off. <laughs> be thankful your nose is on right. If nothing else, everybody has a reason to be thankful. Am I choosing gratitude over complaining? You see, gratitude's one moment at a time, one moment at a time. One pastor had a member of his church who was a very successful farmer, financially very successful, but he had a sour attitude. Nobody liked to be around him. Nothing seemed to please him. His pastor tried to help brighten the outlook, never did work. And at the time of the potato harvest, this disgruntled farmer enjoyed a bumper crop, one of the best crops he'd ever had. And wanting to strike a more cheerful note, the minister suggested, Brother, I understand you've had a tremendous season with potatoes this year. That certainly must cause you to rejoice. The chronic complainer never smiled, but he said, yeah, it's true. The harvest was good enough, but my problem is I don't have any bad potatoes to feed my pigs. <laughs> I know some people like that, don't you? You ever heard anybody complaining because their freezer was too full and they had no place to put anything or their closet's too full? You see, a thankful heart it's not only a virtue, it's the parent of other virtues. Now, let me give you a definition. If you don't remember anything else I say, thankfulness is the attitude that displaces my sinful tendency to complain and thereby releases joy and blessing into my daily life. You see, when I'm, I'm thankful, it's an attitude. It displaces my tendency to complain. You can't be grateful and complain at the same breath. Thank you, God, for what you've given me. Thank you for my children. Yeah, they're a hassle. But thank you for their health. 
Thank you that they're going to love you. Lord, my job is a pain. But thank you that I have a job. Thank you that I'm being paid for my job. See, folks, Americans are so, are so spoiled. We're so spoiled about everything. Everything. This Thanksgiving, my prayer is that you'll really stop and thank God for what he's given you. Instead of focusing on who's made you mad or made you sad or how much you hurt, I don't, I don't know. I can give you one thing to be thankful for. God loves you. I don't know why. I don't know why he loves me either. I don't. I mean, we're not very loving. We're not very lovable. And God loves you and me. And God loves you and me enough to say, you know what? You've sinned and you've separated yourself from me. I'm a righteous, holy God. I could just think it and start over. I could reset. I could reboot the whole universe. But I love you enough that I'm going to save you. Our life, I'm going to do something you can't do for yourself. So he became one of us. He lived a perfect life. He willfully went to the cross. Our sin was put on him. The wages of sin is death. Somebody had to die, and he died. But he rose again. Listen, I've been to the tomb several times. He's not there. Now, you can go all these other prophets of all these other religions. They're in that tomb. But Jesus isn't there. He's alive. He's risen. And he will save those who will turn from their sin in repentance. Change your mind about it. And God will forgive you. And you trust Jesus, just Jesus, to take you there. And you know what? That's available to everyone. Regardless of your past, regardless of where you are now, if you'll come to the Lord and ask him to forgive you because of what Jesus has done and you believe what Christ has done for you and you trust him with your life, he will save you. So would you bow your heads with me right now? Thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like more information to make a commitment or to request prayer, please text the word podcast to 555-888. You can also connect with us on our Southcrest app or our website for complete worship services or to plan to visit us in person. Thanks again for listening.